Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there, and a big shout out to my international audience and fans. I want to thank you all for listening every week and tuning into the Transformation for Success show. And I just want you to know you can tune into the show today because you will not want to miss it, and you want to text your friends to tune in as well. If they miss the show, they can access it later as the show will be downloaded and aired on the Women's Channel and Empowerment Channels on Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Standard Time. I'm going to welcome you to call in live or Skype your questions to me or comments to my guest today during the show. And the call-in number is 1-888-346-9141. Today in my studio, I have as my guest, Miss Kimberly Jones, who was recently crowned Miss America International 2018. She has a remarkable story of challenges and the traumas she has endured that have transformed her into a fitness advocate for caregivers and women, as well as a traumatic brain injury spokesperson. So you don't want to miss her story today of how she overcame loss, grief, and even attempted suicide, which you know today many people have are doing that. So I would love to have you greet and welcome my guest, Ms. Kimberly Jones. Now, let me introduce her. Kimberly is also a certified public accountant and works as a supervisory federal agent and as a college professor as well. So, hello, Ms. Kimberly Jones. Welcome to the show. Hello, and thank you so much for having me today. And, and I just am so grateful to be able to talk to everyone and express some of the thoughts that you were referring to. Well, you know, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Look, I'll have to have you on my television show as well because people need to see how beautiful you are. And not only are you beautiful on the outside, but you're beautiful on the inside, Kimberly, and that's what counts. You've had such an incredible journey with lots of challenges and heartbreaks. And, you know, one of the first questions, you know, uh, I want to ask you is just to share a little bit of your journey because I know uh, from talking with you earlier that an incredible ideal life for about 42 years. You're married, you have children, Mm -hmm. a great husband, and obviously a good life. So what happened? It was. And it's like you said, I had this unique, blessed, very fortunate and lucky, Mm -hmm. now I can say that, lucky life all all my life. My childhood was ideal. Mm -hmm. Everything was wonderful. My parents were incredible. You know, things went along smoothly. Everything seemed so easy. And, you know, when I became a mother uh, to my two children, that was a story in and of itself through adoption, but it, but mm-hmm. it was easy. And you hear these nightmarish stories about adoption. Mine were perfection. And, oh, you know, my wonderful. family life was great. Oh, yeah, I know. That's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> but then it just all of a sudden, I was 41 years old, and my husband at the time was 46, mm-hmm. and he all of a sudden was diagnosed with an extraordinarily rare form of cancer. Oh, and they wow. gave him six to nine months, right? And I oh. thought, what? This doesn't happen in my life. This doesn't happen. You know, here I have two children, and mm-hmm. we're living across the country from family. After, after his passing, needless to say, the family was distraught. We oh, were dysfunctional. Imagine. Oh, it was horrible. Oh. You know, I'm trying to work full-time. They're just... Well, I had a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old, so they were very impressionable having lost their father. I bet. And then 10 months, yeah, 10 months later, they're in a car accident, and that was the phone call. And my son at the time suffered a severe traumatic brain injury, was in a coma for 42 days. Oh, wow, Kimberly. Oh, gosh. How did did you get through this? It was. It was. It was. It was unbearable, to be quite frank. Mm-hmm. And at first, the first two years after the car accident with his brain injury, mm-hmm. I just kind of was on automatic. You know, you didn't mm-hmm. have any choice. You're in that acute phase. But then, mm-hmm. about two years later, I just 
I couldn't handle it any longer. And you've read so much, like you alluded to, about suicide. And Uh I just, I couldn't face it one more day. Uh And that's when I attempted suicide. And the thoughts that you imagine would go through your head never went through my head. You know, what will my children do without me? What Uh what will happen? Uh The only thing you're thinking is escape. And just relief is all you're thinking. And it's just been, ever since then, a continuous Uh battle. You know, it's been a tremendous uphill battle. And that's when I had to start getting help. Can I can I go back and just ask a question sure. because you 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 attempted suicide. What pulled you back? What what happened? Because you know oh, recently nothing, in the news pulled me back. I, suicide. I just, I just prominent. Yeah, I just wasn't. Yeah, I just wasn't successful. The one okay. thing in my life I failed uh, at. Did, did I you, mean did, how ironic? You know, we 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 don't even imagine that. You know, all through my life, everything was so easy for me, mm-hmm. and that's the one thing I failed at. Well, actually, do you see it as a failure or do you see it as it wasn't? Well, everything in your life was easy. And so now this, did you think ever that this was what you call the easy way out? No, I just kept thinking, I can't do this anymore. And and it's it's people all, a lot of people, when I speak on the topic of depression and suicide, you know, they want to know, what were you thinking? How could you think that? That's the point that the logical part of your brain is not thinking. And all you're searching for is just relief from the trauma, from the sadness, from the grief, from the helplessness. That's all you're searching for. Nothing else is in your mind. Uh And that's, you know, it was was a turning point, needless to say, as most people will tell you. Right, Um, right. Thank God you survived (laughs) to tell your story. Uh, So what, what actually turned you around that you wanted to start living? Well, thankfully, the requirement of my employer, which is the federal government, they required that I go and see a therapist prior to being able to return to work. And Mm -hmm. that therapist explained to me, I said, what is going on? We're two years post-traumatic brain injury for my son. Why am I not happy that he's doing as well as can be expected? He's not doing perfect, but he's doing well. Why am I Mm -hmm. not feeling better? She said, You're, you went through that acute phase. You didn't have time to grieve. You didn't even have time to grieve for your husband. Mm-hmm. And when she started saying, you need to get active, you need to move your body, you need to get the endorphins kicking in. And I thought, oh, she's crazy. That's silly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like exercising in the gym and all that. <laughs> and and it, you know, it took me a while to, to step foot in a gym, but... Truly, once I started in with that, I'd never been in a gym in my life. You know, Mm -hmm. here I am, 40 plus years of age. And it just, it truly does absorb your mind. And it takes all of the things that you're focused upon and negates them. You can't think about them because you're focusing on your exercise or your steps that you're taking. So you're so consumed with that, you can't think about anything Mm -hmm. else. So it's actually a period of relief, even if you are miserable physically. (laughs) (laughs) So you've turned to physical activity and exercise. And uh, did you hire a personal trainer or did you just go to it? I did because I knew I would never go in a gym. I was terrified. I was this, you know, middle-aged lady saying, I'm not going to walk in that gym. And so I hired a personal trainer, and I actually, we laugh about it because I, I still see him now. He's still my trainer. And we laugh because the first day I was to meet him, I drove right past the gym, and he messaged me and goes, I think you're supposed to be here. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not feeling it today. <laughs> and it's really, you know, by the grace of God, I turned the car around and went back. I thought, oh, gosh, he's there waiting on me, you know. <laughs> That was so funny. But, you know, did this, you know, because my question always, and when I ask people when they've gone through um, traumatic uh, experiences, that what kept you from becoming bitter rather than better? Oh, I was was very bitter. And, you know, Doctor, Mm -hmm. I would actually say there are times when I still feel the bitterness. It's not something that ever goes away. It, the goal is really to make it manageable so that you can continue on your life and find things that you're passionate about. 
Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was very bitter. And I felt like all my life had been so perfect. Why now? You know, among other questions that I kept asking. Why my children? Why not me? Why my, you know, why my mm-hmm. husband? Why not me? And I just was very resentful. And those things, they seep into your mind. And it's very difficult. And the way you kind of pull yourself out of that is just finding something that you're passionate about that you can put your energy into. Uh And a lot of people questioned that about me. They didn't think that was the appropriate response. Mm-hmm. So through uh, physical, well, not only, there are a couple of things that stand out that you had a therapist that was helping yes. you work through yes. some of the issues and the fact that you're realizing you really never had an opportunity to grieve. And then number Correct. two, physical exercise. Yes. Was, there is, and then yes, you, there hired, is no you hired money. a trainer, because I know if you hire a trainer, they're uh-huh. going to make you do the work. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. And so then through the physical exercise, uh, Kimberly, did you start to feel better about your body? Just uh, mentally, those endorphins start kicking in. And what would you say some of the techniques or tools that you used that successfully met some of those challenges? That is, that's a great point because when those endorphins kick in, you know, we always hear that and we kind of scoff at it, but it's true. You see that you're actually improving on something as small and minimal as an exercise in the gym. But in your brain, it's like, wow, I'm improving. There's an Uh improvement. And if you've been in a situation mentally or emotionally of grief or trauma, you haven't seen any improvement. Now you see something. So it makes you want to do more. It Uh makes you feel strong. You feel like, I just accomplished something. And any time, any sense of accomplishment, no matter how small... Uh-huh. It gives you the impetus to go again, to move again. And the more I went, the stronger I got, you know, not only physically, uh-huh. but emotionally and mentally. Uh-huh. And I, it wasn't that I was morbidly obese or had major issues, but I did have health issues as a relation, you know, uh-huh. result of all of this. I had high cholesterol, uh-huh. exhaustion, just things like that. And she said, you've got to get in there and do this. So the more you go, the more your brain is celebrating these small little increments of success. And you're like, wow, this is good. And when they say pain hurt, pain is good, that's uh-huh. kind of what it is. When you would feel those <laughs> muscles getting sore, you knew you did, something, you did something positive and you took a step forward. Tell and me, that, Kim, after the, really first, thing. after the first week in the gym, were you so <laughs> sore you could hardly get out? Oh, no, the the. The funny thing that we always say is you can hardly go to the restroom. You can't sit. You can't sit in a chair. You're so sore. <laughs> Raising your I, I, arm I can is very somewhat, hard. Uh, I can relate. Uh, um, and I've never shared this, but my daughter at age 28 had a brain aneurysm. Oh and I ended up... Um, very stressed out and woke up the next day with what they call Bell's palsy. My face was twisted. Mm-hmm. And it was only by the grace of God, truly, that I, the doctor said, you need, you're stressed. Uh, you're sitting at a desk at a computer. You don't get exercise. And what you need to do is to exercise. I did exactly what you did. I found a, a person, a trainer, personal trainer, walked into the gym and trained for five years. And so I can tell you, it is a turnaround experience. For those listeners who may be out there, I can tell you, it's painful (laughs) at first, (laughs) that physical activity, but you've got to get moving because it does help you emotionally and help you improve your brain functions mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. It was truly a spiritual experience for me as well. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to share that. I can definitely relate. But I want to ask you, uh, what what sort of... um, inspired you to start going into beauty pageants. I mean, uh, so because you're already slender, slender, and so you start I, working out. <laughs> I did so, them as a teenager mm-hmm. and in my college years. And when I had, you know, when we adopted the children and I was a mom and working and focusing on my career, the pageants, you know, went by the wayside. And I, it was okay. something I was always going to do 
uh-huh. as a missus. I wanted to do Mrs. America. And then my husband became ill and passed away. And really, then the brain injury happened. So that whole 10-year period from like 2004 till 2014-ish was just gone. It's just plucked out of my life, basically, uh-huh. because it was spent as a caregiver for that whole time. And not that I'm not still a caregiver for my son, but it's a, he's in a much different place physically and cognitively. But mm-hmm. it took all that from me. Well, when I started searching for something, you know, when I started getting my brain back together and moving my body, I thought, I, I need to find some women who are like-minded, who have a passion and a drive and want to do something, and that'll encourage me. And I thought, I'm going to go back and look up these pageants. And so I started looking up pageants for women over 40 and stumbled upon some systems as well as the latest Miss Miss America, which stood for everything that I had been through. And Susan Jeske is the executive director and uh, Stephanie Mills, and they have a phrase called using the crown for a purpose, and that's what it was. I thought, I uh-huh. can do this. I can not only help okay. myself, but I can help others. And I got I back involved, and it was just wonderful. I think that is so great that you did that. And, you know, uh, I want to go back just a bit, too, because I want the listeners to kind of um, get a glimpse of how when you have a child who has uh, mm-hmm. TBI, 13, you spent two years with hospitals and doctor's appointments and yes. therapists and loss of work for 10 months, mm-hmm. insurance paperwork and all the legality and the things the social workers and the psychiatrists that you had to go through and sort of the fury and the despair. I want to paint the picture because this wasn't very pretty for Miss Kimberly Jones. So we're going to no. take a quick break. We're going to come back. And we're going to talk about the beginning of a new journey with. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you left the cage that held you back but find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney, and today I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, hello there, and welcome back to my discussion today with Miss Kimberly Jones on how she used her crown for a purpose. So, Kimberly, before we went on break, we were talking about uh, an inspiration for you to try beauty pageants, and you had done this at an earlier point in your life, and then, of course, had given this up because of all of the other things that are happening in your life. So now, you're back in beauty pageants. So how did you feel that uh, beauty pageants have helped 
or did help your transformation? They did. That's a great way to put it. They did help me because mm-hmm. now I had a safety net of friends and women who felt the same way I did, that they always wanted to have something, a passion or a drive or, mm-hmm. or a platform, if you will, that mm-hmm. they were passionate about personally. Mm-hmm. And they supported me. And it, mm-hmm. and it was very shocking to me because feeling very apprehensive about sharing my story with these amazing women. You know, they just were so incredible. Little did I know that they all harbored issues, problems, grief, Mm -hmm. trauma, situations in their lives, too. And they were doing the exact same thing I was doing, which is searching. Yes. And it was so powerful to have these women go. And you look at them and you think, oh, my gosh, they're just amazing. Their lives are perfect. Everything that you think. And then beneath the surface, you realize that they're undergoing the same problems that you are or similar situations. That is so true. You know, one of the things that I know in your story that I wanted to kind of bring out too is that your son started training with you in the gym. Uh, How did that help him as well? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, as you said earlier before the break about with your child with the aneurysm, uh, when he suffered his traumatic brain injury, it severely affected his right side. It was a mm-hmm. left frontal lobe injury, mm-hmm. affected his right side. So physically, he has some major issues, major issues with his gait, with walking, use of mm-hmm. his right arm, mm-hmm. leg, feet. So he was attending physical therapy so much, and it was really stressful getting there and trying to work. And I mentioned to his physician, I said, can he go to a gym and work out? She said, as long as you have someone watching him very carefully. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. So I, I sort of trained my trainer, believe it or not, uh-huh. on, how to, yeah, on how to speak to him, how to verbally connect with him, because with uh-huh. a brain injury patient, depending on their issues, Mm-hmm. You have to speak to them a certain way, repeat mm-hmm. things over and over sometimes if that's an issue, explain it this way, da 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 uh-huh. He truly learned to work with my son, and my son just admired him so much. You know, he was, you know, here was oh. this man, yeah, here was this man who was helping him, and oh. it took the place of his physical therapy, really. Mm-hmm, and it, mm-hmm. he gained just enormous confidence because people would see him in the gym and they would come over and just congratulate him and tell mm-hmm. him how great he was doing. So it was a tremendous confidence booster for him as well. You know, this is so interesting because uh, my, it lets me segue into my next question. How did this uh, help you in the sense of realizing that you could still have a life as a TBI caregiver? so to speak, because, I mean, you're looking at the reality, you're going to be his caregiver. Uh Absolutely. I'll never, I will never not have that title as a Uh traumatic brain injury caregiver. I will will never have Uh it because there is no complete recovery from it. Uh And you're exactly right. When I saw people and their response to him in the gym, it, it actually surprised me. I was shocked that people were so excited about it. I'm thinking, what is going on? You know? And he was like a little mini celebrity at the gym. And I thought, this is amazing. And I thought, wow. You know, and I thought, if I can leave him alone for an hour in a gym and it doesn't fall apart, he doesn't break his neck, he doesn't kill himself, I thought, wow, what else uh-huh. could I do? <laughs> I thought, wow. I could actually do some other things here and not have to be quite as nervous about leaving him alone. Right. But <laughs> so it did. It was it was opened a whole new world, really. So Kim, you know, I am so excited that not that you were not you didn't allow yourself to be solely defined by a tragedy and the right. loss of a child as you knew him. So you were still you found out you were still Kim and when did you realize, I mean, too, that you, you, you're just not going to be a caregiver. It's okay to be have a life separate from your son. Right. It took me probably about five years post-accident. So really up until about five years ago, I would say. And, mm-hmm. it, and it was hard because to me, exactly what you said, you know, was I still the same person? You know, I had to reshape my whole idea of what I thought my life was going to be. I ha- I'm a planner very much so. And this just 
needless to say, shredded that plan. Mm-hmm. And it said to, I had to readjust my thinking. What am I going to do now? You know, what am I going to do? This has changed everything. And, you know, what's an interesting side note is keep in mind that during those years after his accident, uh, you know, I was a single mother with these two children. I so can imagine. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought, who's going to want to be involved in my life the way it is right now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a huge question to me. You know, I thought, who would want to take this on? This is a huge responsibility. Uh-huh. So it was that, that's really when things started changing and I got out and I made myself go to the gym, be in public with my son. We shared uh-huh. those things together. I would uh-huh. drag him around with me wherever I went and force uh-huh. him to get involved in things. So it benefited him, but it also benefited me because I had to change my way of thinking from the way I thought my life was going to be to the way it was going to truly be and what it could be. And it was very enlightening. (laughs) Some very powerful things about mindset and changing your story, changing that inner story that or the inner script that's playing in your ear to something that's more positive by playing it out in the natural, living your life. You know, it's interesting, Kim, because one of the things you mentioned, too, is that all your life you were a planner. Everything had to be planned out. It had to be exactly this way. And now, you you know, it seems like the creator said, okay, I'm just going to abort all of her plans. She's going to have to learn how to react without a plan. <laughs> that, yes, and that's exactly what it was. I kept looking. I remember right after his accident while he was in his coma, I was digging through internet research going, there has to be a book about this. There has to be a plan, a, you know, a, a dummy's guide to traumatic brain injury. You know, what do uh-huh. I do? What do I do? And, and no one knew because it's such a unique disability. Everyone uh-huh. is unique. You don't know what their level of recovery is going to be. You don't know how your life is going to be afterwards. And that's the most difficult part about it. Yes. That's the most hard thing to face. Well, truly, truly, you can say you have had a, a transformation inner and outwardly from the woman you were before your son's TBI. And that, I think, is, is interesting because not everybody is impacted the same way. When we, circumstances happen to us, it is how we react to those circumstances that is a positive outcome or a negative outcome. So Correct. I want to know, how did you feel? I mean, here you are. I'm going to go back to pageant because, see, now I see mm-hmm. the strong woman emerging. Her son is being a little bit more independent or a little independent from the son, realizing mm-hmm. I got a life, too. So you uh, are in these beauty pageants. So how do you feel, again, I'm going to ask that question, the pageantry helped further your transformation because you're already transforming so there's more to happen here oh yes <laughs> yes i definitely it, it, it will be a 24 hour a day adventure mm-hmm. for the rest of my life <laughs> but again when i'm up there on stage all of those traumas all of those issues all of those obstacles are gone because mm-hmm. you're on stage uh-huh. Or if you're out on an appearance or an event as a as a reigning title holder, it's uh-huh. not about you. It's now about the audience, the uh-huh. public. It's about them, and uh-huh. your job is to teach, to inspire, to reveal what you learn to get there. So again, it's kind of like that. Going back to that little gym exercise, once uh-huh. you do it once, it builds strength. Do it twice. Uh-huh. You're a little stronger, and so uh-huh. on. And the more that you do that, you realize that you do have the strength inside. And I think that's what I really forgot during the worst, darkest time. I forgot uh-huh. that I had this personal strength. And the pageants said, hey, Kim, look, everyone uh-huh. is looking at you for this moment in time. All eyes are on you. This is your opportunity to spread some information, spread some hope, spread your message. Uh And that uh takes the focus off of your personal grief, your personal issue. You don't have time to think Uh about you. Uh 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 It's about them. That is so important. You know, um, I was there when you were crowned. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so 
<laughs> so I wanted to know, when you were up there on stage with all of those women, did you have an idea that you would be, or, or even a clue, that you mm-hmm. would be the one person selected as Ms. America International? <laughs> I was hoping there were so many beautiful, amazing, strong I'm, women, and one, of, one person that... Mm-hmm. I just absolutely adored from afar, and I, I, I'm not ashamed to say I was a social media stalker of her. <laughs> I loved her, and, and here she was, my competitor. But it was so funny because as a competitor, we sat up there and laughed and giggled and supported each other and commiserated when we were exhausted. So when I stood up there, I wanted so badly to get my message across that I was just praying that I had connected with the judges. And I felt good about the connection I built during our one-on-one interviews. So I was very hopeful. Well, one of the things, too, I wanted to ask, because when I was there, when you made your speech, uh, it was very moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to practice that one so I didn't cry. <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering about that because you didn't, you know, because one of the things I think the judges were sort of looking at, too, about how you could handle this and not get emotional and fall apart, but yet uh, get that message across to the audience. So had you practice it, and but had you been giving that um, speech before or in other audiences? You know, I would, I would use... Uh, I would try and draft sort of a formation because I knew what message I wanted to get across in, you know, 30 seconds or less. But I did have to practice it because it just it hits me when I... It's different to think about it versus speaking it out loud. It's like speaking it out loud makes it more real. And when you speak it out loud and it comes across on a microphone, it's so powerful. Yep. And it, it just is. kind of... It is. grips your heart. And I just had to practice because I thought I'm going to just burst into tears. And if I burst into tears, it's going to be all about me up there bawling. It's not going to be about what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, wow. What, what is the hardest part for you, or what was the hardest part for you personally about sharing this message? Uh, the fact that, again, people, and, and this is an odd comment, but I do get quite frequently remarks <laughs> such as, you're so strong, you never cry. You're, I would be just a nervous wreck if I were you. I don't know how you did it. You know, things like that that I think they're meant positively, but sometimes mm-hmm. they feel like, Kim, you're not behaving or responding to these dra- traumatic events in the way that we think you should. You should be mm-hmm. just a, a sniveling wreck. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes they would. People would make me feel bad about the fact that I was trying to be strong and move forward. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the hard part, not knowing how people or, for example, how the judges or the audience would respond to the fact that I've got mm-hmm. a strong message of move forward. That's so, interesting. And it's an interesting comment because you never know what, you know, how people will say you're so strong. Uh, I've right. had that told to me, too, with my daughter, with the brain, with the, uh, mm-hmm. brain aneurysm who later died. And I didn't cry or get emotional. I mean, I had to do what I had to do. and exactly. But I cry afterwards. I'm usually strong during an event or something, a tragedy, and then afterwards I collapse. But, yeah, people, right. sometimes right. I'm not sure how to take that comment either, that you're so strong. I have a lot yes. of faith. I do know that, that no matter what happens, some good is com- going to come out of it. Right. And even though this has happened to you, it happened, it was a horrible, a horrible, tragic accident. It was, we could say, horrible that your husband, you know, died feeling bitter and feeling like there's no way out and you're not going to take my life. But look at what you're doing today, which is just really, uh, you know, I just admire you so much for what you're oh, doing. You. Do, this, one of the questions I wanted to ask, do you have any uh, stats on the number of children or that have TBI? Currently, oh my gosh, there are at least, right now it's gone up because the last statistics I pulled were in 2015. There were uh-huh. 5.6 million traumatic brain injury survivors currently, and that's only in the United States. No. Only in the United States. And no. it is, oh, right now it is the fourth leading cause of devastating traumatic injuries globally. Fourth oh my. cause I, over I cancer, did not know over that. anything of that. And the sad well, thing is, 
the lower economic classes and socioeconomic classes are going around, many of those are undiagnosed traumatic brain injuries because of the fact that they don't have certain health care. They don't yeah. have access to anyone to diagnose. So a lot of those aren't even diagnosed. So, but that's just the ones we know about. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I, I just, I just, you know, I thought about that because most people really, I'm not sure, are aware of TBI and uh, how you've really used your crown for a purpose to share about uh, traumatic brain injuries. And I, that question came to me, do we have stats on that? I had no idea. Mm-hmm. 5.6 oh, million. It's shocking. Oh, so it's unbelievable. I know you have some key messages that you want to share with the audience on how to generate a positive outcome. And we're going to talk about that when we come back after break. So listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with Ms. Kimberly Jones and her transformational journey. So thank you for listening. We'll be right back. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life, or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, thank you for coming back with me as I interview today Miss Kimberly Jones, who was crowned Miss America International 2018. And I happened to be there when she was crowned. She is drop-dead gorgeous and really is truly using her crown for a purpose. So today we've been talking about her transformational journey and more importantly that she has a lot of knowledge about TBI, traumatic brain injury. Her son was injured at age 13 in an automobile accident. So Kimberly, when we were going on break, I asked if you had uh, some key messages that you would share with people who might have someone or know someone who has TBI. And being that there's 5.6 million in the United States, that's horrendous. And the fourth uh, injury globally, it is really interesting. Right. So so do you have something you'd like to share? Uh, some of the key Absolutely. messages. Mm-hmm. Well, the interesting thing is, you know, when we, say, when we name that statistic, as shocking as it is, Imagine, Barbara, that for every one of those 5.6 million individuals, and that's the United States alone, imagine that each one of those has at least one caregiver, one caregiver that's also Mm. undergoing grief, trauma, depression, anxiety, health issues, you know, things of that Mm -hmm. nature Mm because your body breaks Mm -hmm. down from the caregiving. That doubles that number. So now we only, not only have the 5.6, we have almost 11 million individuals currently living in the United States, that's not even newly acquired, that are undergoing issues as a result. So it's a, a ripple effect. <laughs> but the key thing to remember is if you or someone you know, a loved one, a spouse, family member, suffers a TBI or a traumatic brain injury, it's uh-huh. critical that you get therapy for not only the survivor, but yourself. You've got to have someone help you. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, Uh Uh I hate to say it, you go the route I did, and you just feel helpless. 
getting the therapy is critical. Getting an advocate to help you along the way with the social workers, with the therapists, with the insurance, the paperwork is astronomical. That is so critical for traumatic brain injury survivors because the more help they get early on, the better Mm -hmm. the recovery is going to be. And that goes for the caregiver as well. Well, you know, I I know that it's a high statistic for the caregivers who um, the actually the the people that they're caring for uh, outlive the caregivers. So I just want to second that to make sure that if you are you get help because you do need help for yourself. I always use the analogy: you can't give what you don't have. An empty cup cannot pour into another cup. So you want to fill your cup first before you can fill somebody else's cup. And obviously, Kimberly, when you start looking at it, you were centered. um, And I know you believed at one point that you had a purpose, a life purpose, to change the lives of so many people when we start talking about TBI. So it is uh, huge. You've had an you've had an incredible transformational journey, and now you've had you know this great platform with which to spread and you know and share your message. So what's next? Do you think is for Kimberly? I think my biggest plan right now is to figure out and how to get the platform to a whole new level. Right now, it's very uh, grassroots. It's mm-hmm. more about awareness and how to get out there and spread that message. It's really interesting that the last several years you've heard more about traumatic brain injury because of celebrities and things that have happened with their loved ones or with them you know, themselves having incidents or accidents happening. So people mm-hmm. are definitely much more familiar with it. But it's imperative that it just continues even more. And what I'd like to see happen and what I'd like to be a part of is an organization that brings it all together for that caregiver, a resource one-stop shop so that they know where to go, how to get the help that they need Mm -hmm. for the logistics, the social work, the legal work, the insurance work. But Mm -hmm. then there's another aspect of it, the whole financial aspect of it. That's just it's enormous. I, I was going to ask you about that because I was thinking, my oh. God, what do people do who don't have the income or they don't have oh any medical, medical care? Uh, oh, it's horrible because I know when we were when we were in the in the hospital in inpatient rehab, we were I, my son was there for four months, and on a day to day basis, watching some of these patients being basically kicked out because their insurance benefits ran out. Or that was it. That's all they got. They got, you know, 15 therapy sessions and that was it. And they were out on the streets and social workers were scrambling trying to find points for them to go to because they couldn't return home at that point. They weren't ready, but halfway houses, if you will, to to meet them and Mm -hmm. take them in for a period of time. But it, it was very scary and I was so grateful that, you know, we were fortunate enough to have health coverage because of my job. Right, but I, right, I mean, right. Even though I was out of work for a year. Mm-hmm. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. Mm-hmm. One of my intriguing questions, too, Kimberly, is how uh, did your daughter respond to all of this? Because, you know, one of the things I know when there's, you know, she's oh. older, and you had to give a lot of attention to your younger son. So how did you manage with, you know, two children, and you've got to be mom for both of them, and dad as well. So how did you yeah. manage that? She, the first, I would say the first two years, unfortunately, and, and to be brutally honest, she raised mm-hmm. herself those two okay. years mm-hmm. after the accident because there was not enough of mom to go around. It was mm-hmm. 180% devoted to my child you know, who had the brain injury and getting him to and from mm-hmm. and, and all of mm-hmm. this. And while we were living in the same home, unfortunately, she had to do this. She was in her junior and senior years of high school. So wow. important. Oh, it was wow. horrible. And, you know, it was very hard for her emotionally, mm-hmm. very, I can very imagine. difficult for mm-hmm. her. So another victim of the traumatic brain injury right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how is she today? How did you work it out or how does she work it out? She is unbelievably strong. She 
was fortunate enough to find some young women that were her dearest friends in grade school. They've been friends for years and years, and they Mm -hmm. still are, and they were with her through it all. And these young women were her support system, and she is doing great now. Um, Mm -hmm. She's doing wonderful, successful in her career, successful in her relationships, so she's doing very well. And I think she's learned as she got older, she mm-hmm. learned that, wow, life is not always the way we think it's going to be. You know, we think it's going to mm-hmm. be this way and that mom and dad know all the answers, but they don't. And I think she's learning more and more as she gets older. She's seeing that. So she's much more accepting and open of the situations that happened back then. It's interesting, too. And, you know, there's a possibility, Kimberly, that she saw you being so strong. Again, that word uh, being there for your son and learning mom strength and not really blaming you, but being able to understand, and and she rose to the occasion. So it sounds like you did a good job with some kids, oh, that you planted seeds in them when they were young, and especially her being older, that was able to transform her from not being a victim, but becoming a victor. So I want to thank right. you for that, for sharing that. <clears throat> what um, I wanted to ask you is that, you know, you have changed so much. You've had such an incredible journey. Um, what would you say to my listeners about, again, exercise? Because I think it's so important that not only just therapists and doctors, but I want to put a plug in for, for the personal trainers as well, <laughs> that they do have a role to play. Because I had one for five years, and they really do a tremendous job. So I just want to give a shout out to all the personal trainers out Amen. there. <laughs> That thank you for the work that you do because it's incredible. And you made a woman like Kimberly, and she's now Miss America International, and she looks great. And I'm 80 years young, and I know I look great because of the physical exercise. So I just had to put that in today. So I want to just. Uh, they did drag me through. It was fun. <laughs> you didn't believe I'd do that, would you? But one of the things they, that I... They, they were so funny. They, the funny thing is that, and just to, just to throw this in here, it's not that you have to have a personal trainer. It's anything. Oh. It's any physical movement, walking, you know, walking <laughs> outside, walking on a treadmill, you know, taking the dog for a walk, just going around the block. It's, it's just the movement of your body. And I, used, I remember I used to walk, and I would walk, and I would close my eyes and try not to fall down, but try to imagine the brain signals because I wanted to know what it was that was keeping my son from walking. So when I would walk, I would try and imagine what's happening, you know, and so I turned it into almost like a science experiment, but, but it's really just the physical movement of the body and it, you don't have to be a gym rat. You don't have to be an extraordinary bodybuilder or anything like that. I certainly wasn't and I still am. No. Um, but it's all about just the movement of your body and your brain having that opportunity to disconnect. I think, too, the most important message here that <clears throat> I hear you sharing, too, is that as a caregiver uh, of anyone, be there a senior or a husband or someone, a child with TBI, for the circumstances, it's important for the caregivers to get physical exercise. And I've been told walking out the front door is the best physical exercise. <laughs> just walk uh-huh. out your front door and, yeah. and start walking. So I just want to just thank you uh, today for sharing and for being so authentic. And I know, as with me, there's pain that will always be there. But each day we awaken with a renewed spirit and mind that this day is the day that God has made and I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. So, Kim, as we wrap up this incredible show, I want to thank you for being on the show because you've demonstrated that certainly one can learn that there's a lesson in every experience in life and you have embraced your experiences, you have learned from them, and you are now most importantly, using your experiences and a crown to teach and empower others. And I want to thank you for it, and I want to applaud you as you continue your journey. But in these last few minutes of the show, I'd like to ask you 
if you'd like to share anything from your heart with the listeners today on the show. Any particular I would, I would love that. Mm-hmm. I just I really thank you so much for the opportunity, but my biggest concern is I would say just find something within you, something that you can grab onto as a lifeline. That's mm-hmm. your passion or something that you've always wanted to do because it's never, ever, ever too late. And the situation is never too dire. There's mm-hmm. always going to be the opportunity to do something that you want, something that you're passionate about. And the key is just to use everything that you can around you, individuals, therapists, professionals, get help if you feel hopeless and just move forward. Any step, big or small, as long as there's movement, move forward. I want to thank you for that because as we wrap up the show today, I just want to leave you with these words because they so clearly speak of what Kimberly Jones experienced and has shared today. So remember, And upon the fighting spirit of each person. The big thing is not what happens to us in life, but what we do about what happens to us. The power is within you. And for those of you out there who may be thinking it's bleak, it's, it's just despairing, I don't think I can go on any longer, there is hope. Reach up and hang on. Don't despair because there is help for you. Take that opportunity and know to live and you want to live your life to the fullest. And thank you for listening to the show today. And Kimberly, again, I, I'm getting a little emotional because, you know, when we think about oh, I know. how the, the things you've gone through and that how you have really realized that there's a life after <laughs> and having that passion and zest for life and joy and it's okay and all is well and thank you again for being on the show and listeners thank you for tuning in and remember transformation is here for you as well and I look forward to having you next week as we have another great guest on the show who will share a transformational journey and thank you listening. Remember, Ms. America International 2018, learning and how to use, or she is using, I should say, her crown for a purpose. <laughs> so thank you again, Kimberly, and keep using thank the crown. Thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week.